All right, man. Here we go. Awesome. This track's great. Jim, is this uh, from one of your albums? Uh, no, this one is a, a demo for a show, a TV show called Dirty Sexy Money that I did not get. That you did not get, yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, that show, by the way, barely lived up to... I, I watched a couple episodes. It was... There was money, let me just say that, but everything else was lacking. <laughs> Welcome to Stand Up and Clown the Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Chad Demiani, joined as always. You've heard his voice by my musical and technical director, not a co-host, James Venable. James, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to hear more information about something I love doing, but still don't feel like I know a thing about it. We still talking about uh, sexy money? No, I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jim, and I'm going to introduce our guest. I'm very excited to have uh, him on. I'm a fan, uh, and also he's very well-liked, so we're going to try to kind of break through that veneer and see the ugly truth underneath it. Um, <laughs> but a couple things. Uh, just a reminder, this podcast is inspired by a live show called Stand Up and Clown. Our guest today has been on the show, and he did uh, exceedingly well. Um, we bring comics on and introduce them to the world of clown work. Um, it's the last Mondays of every month. By this time, by the time this comes out, we'll be looking at July 31st as our next date. The whole point of the show is to bring different people into the theater, the Elysian Theater, and introduce them to clown, just like we're introducing the stand-ups. And this podcast exists, so maybe that you can listen and maybe get some insight on this work that confounds, confuses, and excites us so much. Um, also, and I want Dylan to know this because I'm not sure he's listened, this is a clowning podcast. No, wait, Jim, which is it? Is it a podcast about clowning? Is oh, this a test? I feel like I'm failing already. It's a podcast about clowning, not a clowning podcast. So we don't have any obligation to be funny, do characters or bits. We are just simply taking a deep dive into the work. And without further ado, he's bi-coastal. Uh, he's uh, an up-and-coming superstar. Uh, his socials every day go up like a thermometer in August in Los Angeles. <laughs> Dylan Adler, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, that's such a nice intro. Thank Woo! you so much, Ben and Jim, for having me. I am honored. I'm so excited. I'm humbled. And I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Well, Dylan, as you can see, like, I don't know what your expectation was, but we're really, we're really interested in your process. We're really interested in talking about working with audiences, creating unique work. But the first uh -huh. question I usually ask is, how do you identify comically oh man comically identify i that's a good question because i feel like uh i would consider myself a you know kind of alty maybe queer com comic known in brook somewhat you know performs in brooklyn or the east side and you know i guess i i I guess that's how I would identify, but I don't know. It's kind of hard to. There's a little Broadway in there, though, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love musical comics. Yeah. yeah, musical comic for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of how I would. Um, would you throw your hat in, like, in terms of just the many circles of a Venn diagram? Do you see any of the work you do as clown, clown adjacent or clown centric? Well, I also, I love clown and also, by the way, not to, 
but I'm going to do it. Like the, when I did stand up a clown, I truly have never, I would, cause you know, when you're a part of the show, you're also watching the show. I have not laughed that hard at a show in so fucking, that was true. It was truly just so hysterical to watch that show. It's such a brilliant, incredible, organic, unique show that I was so happy to be a part of and just witness, like just watching the show was so funny. So I got that out of the way. Got Thank that you too. That's very nice. What yes. show is he oh. referring to? Um, the show he was on Jim with, uh, he was paired with Brandon Rogers. I know, I'm just uh, kidding. That was a particularly who else was in that show? That was a really was that Danielle Perez too? Was it uh, Danielle wasn't there, but um it was um Ellery Smith and oh Beth, my God. Beth Stelling. Such a great um, disaster, those two together. <laughs> they were so and also a uh, Robert Schulz and um uh, uh Dan Donahue. Oh yeah. Yeah. When, it when was, was this, yeah. Chad? How many months ago was this? It's last year. It was a while back. What 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 stood out? I'm trying to remember I'm, I'm, this isn't a bit, I'll tell you the two things that stood out in that show. If we're just talking about that show, two things, um, I had, um, introduced and paired Dylan and Brandon Rogers, AKA Brandon board, and they had instant chemistry and they also just, just loved being up there in a way that like, I didn't like, I think I, I embraced you both after yes. your turns. I was so, yes. it was pure clown and they killed it. And then on the other side of the spectrum, the far other side of the spectrum of success and failure was Ellery Smith and Beth Stelling, who could be, like they were just lost and the crowd loved it. They were just yes. completely lost up there. And, you know, both of them are such um, exciting and fun stand. So it's so fun when you know someone's good at something and then see yeah. them really bad at something, you know, I, I, <laughs> it was it was incredible. It's like watching you yell at them made me laugh. So hard. It was just so, <laughs> it was just, I don't know. I can't even describe it. It's like everything is so in the moment and unplanned and it's just all completely working off of what's kind of there in the moment. And that's kind of, that, that's why I really love watching and experiencing clown. Well, it's so interesting because you're, when I thought about doing this podcast and talk to Jim about it, you are literally the exact kind of comic I thought about because obviously I wanted to have my friends like Natalie Palomides and Christina mm -hmm. Catherine Martinez, like the clowns I work with. But I was like, there's this whole generation of comics coming up who are kind of creating their own rules. And like, so while they're not necessarily like, this is clown, they're from a principle standpoint, they're very much like, I'm going to do things completely my own way. I'm, the audience is going to come out and they cannot set an expectation for what mm -hmm. they're going to see. And mm -hmm. I remember the first time I saw you was at a, the, uh, one of the stamp towns on the roof of the East side market. That's right. That's right. And uh, one, one, I was delighted, but I have to tell you watching your growth because you were very much in your look what I can do phase as a, as a sure. young, you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, here are nine, but I mean, it was so clown. Cause you're like, I have nine things I'm going to do. There was no connectivity. It was just, <laughs> hey, we were yes. just so excited. The crowd loved you. That's the night. I think we both met Otsko. Um, that absolutely. Yes. Otsko was on that show too. Yes. And, uh, and, and yeah, I was just like, this is it. Like whether identified or not, I was like, this is, the purest clown of just like I can do a cartwheel and I can sing yes. and yes. I have an impression. I was like, we, and everyone like, I was like, this guy is going to do great things because he's, he's already not, 
tethered to any idea of what he's supposed to be doing out there. Mm-hmm. How did that start for you? Did you like in terms of did you have a musical theater background? Um, I, first of all, thank you so much. And also you're the, um, bit of the security guard reading off that killed me, that destroyed me that night too. (laughs) Um, and I, yes, I think, well, I actually, um, took, for me, I, I, I wanted to write musical theater. So that's what I majored in in college. But then I fell in love with comedy. I took one improv class and I fell in love with it and I did improv and stand up. And then I took in college a clown class um, where we put on the red nose and I fell in love with it. I loved it. It was my favorite kind of, it was my favorite thing to do and be a part of. So I think that's kind of my introduction into clown work. And then like, you know, I graduated, got day jobs, started doing stand up every day and trying to hone in on that and adding music into it. So that's kind of how my act became kind of how it is with like music and um sometimes characters and 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 bits but um i got introduced to clown um through a class oh that's so so fun and i was i'm curious was there a time for that class where you were like i think this is what stand up is and it was more like setup delivery punchline or were you always even before that were you always like kind of feeling it out in your own unique way. Because I think I actually did try when I first started, I I did, I tried the setup punchline and I would try to emulate the voices of comics. I really liked like Ali Wong, or I'd sound like Margaret Cho at times or like other people and try to like mimic and do that. And it was, I was, I did okay, but you know, people would kind of like not, they it didn't get a, until I started doing music and other things. And then people started to like, at least at, at Mike's, it's hard to get people's attention. But if you do music, it, people are like, oh, what? What's this guy doing? What the fuck? So it would get people's attention. And it kind of so that's kind of why I kind of like to to do it and, and start to incorporate it into my act. And now it's like a really big part of my comedy routine. Also, let's talk for a sec, just as two people who can relate on this subject. Jim, actually three people. When you're first Thank starting you. br- breaking the rules. um when you have to bring stuff to the show, like when you have to bring equipment yeah. and you have to also tell the host, I need to be introduced this way, or like, I'm going to come from the back. I mean, I have so many fond memories of just being met with stone cold faces of just like <laughs> everyone else came in here. They told me to say they were going to be at the comedy seller on Wednesday and that they had something on YouTube. And you're telling me, I have to say that the Prince of Sweden has just arrived. And like, <laughs> um, and Jim, Jim always makes me laugh. Cause Jim's always like, we have these outdoor shows and he's always lugging like so much equipment. But do you remember that kind of middle ground? Cause uh, of like, I'm going to take chances, but are realizing that the system might not have been set up for such things. What? 100%, 100%. I remember I would lug my keyboard to every show and I had to in New York. In New York. So I and it was such a hassle and it was such a and and then also I remember I I remember like I was lugging my key and then like the other comics you don't even know it was like who the I would feel that energy like who is this fucking guy with the fucking piano setting up and like taking all the 
Um, I remember my friend who's now my friend. He was like, honestly, when I saw you with the piano, I was like, fuck this guy. What the hell is this guy <laughs> fucking doing? <laughs> now we're yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah, no, it's but, absolutely. Uh, until they see you succeed, by the way, that's what I always, you know, it's the, I think, Dylan, it's very similar to, you know, what I tried to explain to straight men, which is, you know, like, you know, I have some friends from Jersey who, you know, they can fall into some bad habits in the certain <laughs> terms of like, oh, you can't give a woman a compliment anymore kind of stuff. And I'm like, understand one, you shouldn't, but understand all the things that have happened before you, all the things, all the people who lugged that keyboard in and took a big hot shit on that stage after <laughs> demanding all kinds of special treatment, then yeah. just obliterate, like the worst thing that happens with a standup, they go up there and they're forgettable. So when you're bad and complicated, you're all, you also dominate the narrative of the show in the worst possible way. So like we always have to come in and prove ourselves, right? Like we have to yeah. we have to be like, oh no, no, they're doing something different, but this is good. Yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> when did you start? Because like I said, in the early days, and you know, we're both people who've done Stamp Town a bunch, and I, I've watched a bunch of your stuff online. So you start with very much this sort of like, look what I can do presentation. But now if you catch Dylan Adler, like it's a show, it's like you said something earlier that you always wanted to write musical theater. And I feel like when you said that, I'm like, of course, because now I see all the connectivity, like you are definitely thinking of your minutes and time as like how much production joy. And like, there's so much going on. What was that process like to get there? Yes. I mean, I, because I, I love musical theater so much. And when, because a lot of the time when, because a lot of the, yes, like going up, I was like, I'm going to do this and this and this and then <laughs> no transition. And now like, I really want to, what I kind of love when I watch a solo show that I'm really moved by or like um, a musical that I really love is the connective tissue and kind of like, so in trying to do it myself and, put up shows that are longer. I've like, I've realized, oh my God, there is something very valuable about adding connectivity and narrative and also stories, personal stories and, and, and kind of weaving it in somehow. Um, like in a musical, there's call uh, musicals and stand up sets. They have callbacks. They have like motifs that when they're brought back, the audience is like, ah, same with a musical. If it's, if, if a motif is brought back, the audience fucking loves that. And same with, so I think that I'm kind of like in the process of finding that and finding kind of the joy and um, excitement in, in, dis- in that discovery. I'm curious though. Like when we're sort of, because I'm also a clown that's very much into narrative and construction. So when mm-hmm. I see your work, I'm like, I see a lot of similar thinking of like, oh, this is an experience. But mm-hmm. I will say that sometimes in the process of devising that or working on that work, a thing happens where there's enough construction that like, I'm trying to figure out where can I play? Um, so when you start to move away from here's an impression, here's a song I'm going to sing, here's a cartwheel and started yeah. built. Like, how do you find room to test stuff with an audience while not breaking what you've built? Yes, that is abso- absolutely. That's what I'm also trying to figure out too, because sometimes I want to test something 
that might be a piece of and, and there has to be context and sometimes what i try to do whenever i do because most of what i performance wise stage time wise is very short sets so i think what i try to do is when i feel like i have momentum insert something new in the middle and mm. sometimes it's disjointed sometimes it's a longer thing see how that and sandwich it in between like bits that i know are okay and good and can get that audience back but i think i try to put put it in the middle whenever i'm trying something new whether it be a longer set or a shorter set you know that's kind of i have friends and who i envy who they're like i'm going to go to the show and it's all new stuff tonight and yeah. like for me i have the same thing that you're talking about which is well i got to give them some of the the a plus stuff right, uh, right? yeah like i yeah. gotta i mean but then sometimes like what you have seven minutes or like eight and so i'm like well, i gotta give him a little bit of the but you know and and i guess what i struggle with especially like right now i'm working a canceled comic routine right mm -hmm. and yeah, so i know yeah. there's a certain amount that i need to set up for comfort right but then there's also jokes i know work and i i so desperately want to do those jokes now but i also but i don't have enough so i'm like at what point have I done enough that I can just accept that tonight might be just, you know, a big pile of shit, but I have to try as much as I can. And and it sounds like you're like me where it's like, sometimes I'm like, I tried two new things. I should have tried 10 new things tonight. Like in yes. for the, yeah, it's so frustrating, right? Yes, exactly. Because also um, it's also because sometimes in my brain, I'm like, if I, it's a balance act of like, how far can I push this without completely losing them? And now, and then even like the A material is, and it's like a yeah. completely unproductive set. Yeah. You lose them. And then maybe a good joke there, like you've just already iced them. So yes. yeah. Once they're iced, there's no going, there's like, once they're iced, it's like, I could, say whatever and it's like not a it's not productive because they've completely but also i feel as though sometimes i need to be a little braver because also like my like my ego my own ego yeah. i'm like oh fuck like i don't want people to be like oh this guy actually isn't shit people are talking about him he's actually not like uh <laughs> you know and well you know too like and i think it's tantamount to the keyboard it's tantamount to like when you have ballyhoo and equipment it, uh -huh. it stings more. Like, oh, I think 100%. that's what standups can't understand. Like I, I was at a show the other night and, and I say this with respect, like a standup who I know is great was just trying incredibly new stuff Yeah, and they would just do it. And then they would stop and go, yeah, I don't know where to take this. And all right, well, I'm going to try this thing now in a very confident way. Yeah. But like it's like when you're like dressed as Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, it's like, you can't do like, it, you definitely feel like the audience, if you're just stopping like as Abraham Lincoln and going, Oh, I thought that John Wilkes Booth thing would, all right, I'm going to go back into Lincoln. Like <laughs> we're playing, like we're partly selling an illusion. And, a, and yeah. so like, I feel like it, and this is something like you, just like you, it's like, well, what, what is that line of like keeping the reality or the fiction alive? And also yeah. feeling brave because I definitely feel like that yes. is one of my great weaknesses is I just, I just want them to really have a, I want them to like me. Yeah. I want them to think that the, the chance I took was worth it. 
I I 100% feel you on that. I also tell myself, I'm like, I got to sometimes just be like, oh, tonight I'm going to eat a bag of dicks and that's okay. But also I'm like, oh, but I want them to have a good time too. I don't want to lose them. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, and I think this is where you also, when I say like clown centric, clown adjacent performers, I feel like in in a healthy way, like a traditional standup has like their material is so prioritized. Yeah. So if that audience in that particular small show just was like, I don't like them. They're like, I'm going to do a hundred shows in the next year. Uh Like this, I can lose this audience. Whereas I do feel my training is so deeply entrenched in the immersion that like losing them feels like I've committed some kind of sin. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Like, I'm like, oh, but my job is always to like be present in the moment. And like, so for me not to shift in this moment to save this show is literally going against my whole philosophy for why I do shows. Whereas I think a standup can just be like, no, I'm here. I just need to, I just need to hear these jokes in my mouth. And and, And like, so it's like, so ideologically, Mm-hmm. I struggle because it's like, well, you should now be the de- like you took your clown class. Oh, you're losing them. Get desperate. Do something. Change the narrative. Like where it's like, yeah, but really, what I need to do tonight is I need to say these five jokes just to hear yeah. them out loud. And so, like, that's yeah. the conflict for me. I have been there. I have fully been there. Where I'm like, should I address this silence? <laughs> And be a crazy little say what I want to say. Or I can like kind of plow into these things I've written down on my notebook that I'm like, okay. So I've, I've fully been, I've fully been there too. Like yeah. the dilemma. What is the goal? I mean, you, I know you, you have a two person show you built. So you have like, you've built yes. longer pieces. Um, yes. Is your goal like, do you think like a standup? Do you think like a, uh, like a, a fringe artist? Like, what are you trying to build with your work? Yeah, I, you know, I feel with my work, I really, I love, I love standup specials so much. And I also love, you know, like fringe shows as well and seeing like a solo show and those. So I myself, and I also love musicals and I love storytelling. And I, I myself, it's because I've also had this kind of conversation with myself where I don't know if I, if I want to um, fully dive into like, or commit to either, because I, I think that there are things that from both stand up and fringe shows that are like, you know, that are par not I mean parallel, but also like that that I really like. So I think I want to I want to draw from both and hopefully create. Oh my god, Dylan! What this is one of the are you a are you like Senator Dylan Adler right now? Like, <laughs> Jim, Diplomatic. have you ever heard of an answer that literally had every answer? He's like, oh yeah, I like both, and I want the Absolutely. show to be both. I want the show to be both. I want to take the best of each one, and, and you know, I'm very bipartisan when it comes to <laughs> club comedy versus fringe. I mean, would would you be interested? Like, would it excite you if there was like, oh, you're gonna go 
play at every flappers in America. Like, would you <laughs> want to play at a traditional? Like, cause I, by the way, I'm, this is exactly where I am at where yeah. I go to those shows and I, and I've seen you, I, by the way, I should say, Jim, I've never seen an audience turn on Dylan. Not yet. I'm sure it's happened, but I've never seen it. Yeah. And I've it, seen you it, probably it, perform dozens of times. Oh, it's happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm a sore loser. I get really mad and I'll call out people too. And I'll be oh, It's not good. I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, like sometimes I'm like, wouldn't it, I-, I will say that one of the struggles, I love doing stand up and clown with Jim. I love this format because I am at my heart, a collaborator. Like I, uh-huh. even as a solo artist, I feel like everything's just a collaboration with an audience. Yes. But where I struggle is I am, there's a part of me that's just not interested in taking one idea and stretching it for an hour. Even if I could build something like, you know, I have friends who yeah. do these gourd, like Natalie Palomides, Courtney Peroso, Bill O'Neill, all mm. these people yes. I work with. And I'm like, I love what you're doing. I get to about 20 minutes with an idea. Like, and usually I'm being generous, usually around 12 to 15 that slot you get like at a show yeah I'm like yeah I'm, I'm bringing this in so hot like uh-huh. i'm leaving the audience loves it and at that point there's just a part of me that goes i guess i could break this and ex- make it longer but i really just want to invent the new thing that's that long that is this like really wonderful experience you know and yeah. i and and so yeah. Have you had things that you've worked on that you look at and you go, this, this should be an hour. Oh boy. Because like when I do my hour, a lot of it feels disjointed to me because it's a lot of things that I've written for these 10 minute shows that I like, they're fun and I love doing them, but I can't, it's hard to find like that. This is all about one thing. It's like, it's hard for me. I've never before because like been like, I'm going to write an hour show about this one thing that sounds, I've never done anything like that. And it sounds so daunting and, you know, exciting, but it, I think that what I've been trying to do is take what I have, the things I like, find a little bit of that through line, maybe write cert, but, um, I know. I that's that's exactly where I'm at right now. I, I want that's a stand up too, right? That's the stand up side. It's like yeah, stand up isn't responsible for like telling us just one like they jump all over the place and thematically. Yeah. And, and like I guess, I guess for me because I play characters, it's difficult because it's like a switch would literally mean a costume switch. Yes, you know. Yes, are you Absolutely. doing? Like, is it mostly music, easy transitions? Is there an element of costume or wigs or anything like that that's been put into the act? There isn't, but something that I want to take from you, there is sometimes music can be jarring. Like the transition to the piano can sometimes be a little awkward trying to fill the space. But what I've tried to do is like, you know, how in a musical where it's like, the emotion gets so big and it's blah song. I've tried to do a little bit of that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And see if it works. And cause sometimes I, but yeah, it's something I've been working with and exploring as I'm trying to make the show a little more cohesive. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your foray into videos um, mm-hmm. and also like applying sort of 
principles that have things like this works on stage, but this is the vi- this is the video portion. What, what would you say? How diff? How much do you think of them completely differently? I think they are completely different things. One thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the first thing I remember seeing of yours, and I'm, I'm sure it wasn't the first success, but it was the the quick change. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Jim, this is like this video killed me because I didn't see where it was headed, but it was just supposedly someone shooting a Broadway actor doing a quick change. And then the change, it's such a clown. It's like one of the most clowny bits you've ever seen. The change is so elaborate (laughs) and so confusing and goes on and on and on. Like walk us through even like, was that a group of people that were your friends, people you were making videos with? And how did that idea kind of come to light? Yes. So that was so much fun to make because it was a collaboration. I'm, I was a part of us of a sketch group named Stapleview that was like kind of in L.A. And it, a producer got us all together and we just we would make sketch videos online for about two months. And that was one of the videos that we did that it was um, Gray Fagan's idea. He's also incredibly funny comic. And I so it, it was putting a bunch of different so we just kind of rehearsed it twice and it kind of built on itself like, oh, Demai, you'll put this on and Grace, you'll you can do my hair and then someone else and then you'll be out there and then we could. And then um, we filmed it very quickly and then we posted it. And that was one of the funnest things because it was such a collaboration and it, it was such a perfect like it was such a perfect collaboration because everyone had like like everyone added to it and it became funnier and funnier as more as as it kept kind of building on itself. Did what is the process for you in terms of, so that video was successful. People loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're now starting to generate more. Would, would you say there are moments or things that have happened that lead you in a direction? Are you like, how much of it is just throwing stuff at the wall and how much of it is trying to build on past success and failures? I think it is completely, trying to i think mostly throw shit at the wall and sometimes do another video like that's successful but for me when it comes to live performance if something makes me laugh and i can tell it's kind of gonna then i have a better gauge on what i can sense is actually gonna do well at a show what an audience is gonna like when it comes to videos i i don't know i've been doing them for like kind of maybe uh, four-ish, three-ish years, I still have no clue at all what's going to do well. I seriously have the lowest, I do not know. Sometimes I'll post a video where I'm like, this is so funny, it's gold. And then it completely <laughs> like tanks or a video I'm like, this is kind of dumb and it does really well. I truly, that is something I still don't really feel like I have a gauge on the knowing if something's gonna yeah it it is wild because like when you're in a room like i certainly by the way also thought like a certain joke would work but usually a concept i'm right so like maybe not the execution of the concept but like but like a moment of like i think this character will will it will an audience will be interested i'm actually that's my first thing i'm always like is an audience going to be interested or curious Mm. Mm because that also then takes in like oh this seems like a bad idea 
Like, I think we're very interested in people coming out with something that seems like it can't work as much as we are with, oh my God, what a fun idea. Like what a, what a character I want to see. I I like yeah. characters that they're like, oh my God, they dug themselves a hole instantly just with this idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you have one character that you've brought back a lot. And I did have a couple of questions. I don't know if this character has a name. He's uh, I'm gay with the scarf. Oh yes. The one that's like, it's not that simple. I'm gay. So that's, yeah. 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 Is there a name for that character? Oh God. No, no. It's just the gay, that's so the funny. gay guy. <laughs> um, and the first, uh, the first one I saw that really kind of took off again, Jim, I'm going to send you a link. Was the football. Was that one of yes. the first ones? Yes. Yes. So, so Jim, not to walk you through it. It's just, this gay guy in New York catch uh, football's thrown and he kind of uh-huh. it, it, they miss and he catches it and instead of throwing it back, just monologizes about how he can't throw the football back. <laughs> so fucking funny. Um so that's something where you're like, this hits. Do you immediately start thinking, where can I put this character? Or was or did you kind of go different paths and return to it? Yeah. So for that one, when it did well, I'm like, oh, I could maybe do different versions of this character. Like I could put him, you know, at a at a post office or maybe I'll put him and he's get asked. He gets asked directions or yeah, someone asks you take this picture. So it's kind of when it goes to that, when it comes to that, it feels a little easier. I tried it out on stage and it didn't work that well. It was really interesting. I'm like, okay, maybe there's something, but it didn't, it didn't work that well, which is fine. I kind of, then I just kind of like, um, saved it just for online stuff. But, you know, I'm going to posit a theory, like what makes me laugh partly about that video is just imagining the disinterested party that I never see on the other side. Yes. And then in, in live performance the disinterested party is the audience yes yes true so i wonder because by the way like when you say it's not that simple i'm gay that's just always makes me laugh every time you say it um but i wonder if like if you were ever to revisit it finding a way to see the audience differently because you know an audience doesn't want to be cast as disinterested or like you know, like part of what's fun about it is, you know, the person on the other side is like, what do you need? Do you want a sandwich? Like, can can you get at my ball back? Like, they're just yes, yes, patiently yes. waiting for this character to finish yes, what they're doing. Exactly. Um, I, this is a very deep dive question on this, but there's a musical thing you've started doing that makes me laugh. It's, do you know what I'm talking about? It's, you hit like this off key note in the vid, like on yes. the piano. Could you yes. talk me, talk Jim through this? Cause, cause I think this is a great example of using musicality in an unconventional way to create a laugh. Yeah. So for me, like I, I like sometimes like the video will have a musical underscore. So after I say something like, it'll be like, um, it's like, I can't, I, I can't throw back the football. I've done so many poppers. I can no longer read. Bam. And blah, 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 blah. Bam. And it kind of like builds the tension. Like, like a musical is about to start and then I end with like a song and then, and then the video cuts out. Um, but I've always thought that there, I love like being able to like underscore what someone's saying in the emotion with music. That's so, like, I used to do a show where standups would say they're set and I underscored it. And like, like I had so much fun, like heightening the emotion with music. And that's something that I find really funny. I do it in my stand up too. Like where after I say something like I'll 
ask a tech to like do a something to like to like heighten it so that's that yeah that is something that i i enjoy doing in videos and and, and stand up i haven't thought about that but you're totally like as someone who knows musical musicals pretty well there is that thing in a musical where someone's like we've got to organize bump you know yeah, but how are yeah. we going to do it and so this is yeah. jim what he does but but it always feels like you hit the note like a, a half second too late Yes. Like, yeah, it's just like, it's just a little broken in a way that kills me where it's just like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, as if it's like, look, we're, we have to get this video out kind of thing. But like, we know it's on purpose. And uh, yeah, is it hard? Because this is something I've dealt with, with musicians who are my students. Do you feel comfortable getting music wrong for a laugh? Or because you have a nice voice and you're a good uh, piano player, is there a part of you that the imperative is, I want them to know I'm good at this. Like I want, I want to sing well. I want to play well. Or are you able to play with a bit of disaster? I will fully sing and sound like shit for a laugh. I don't <laughs> care if I don't care if they think I'm a shit singer or bad at that piano. Like if it's funny, then I'll do it. Like I think that when it comes to like especially musical comedy, I really love when like you know when when the person has a good voice oh my god it's so incredible and it's like such a good performance but i think if that is more imperative than getting the laugh and like making sure the audience can like hear the words you're saying and like the jokes in them and getting the laugh then it's like then it's a little more of maybe a song with a song that's kind of funny as opposed to like your your musical comp like a part of like yeah. a musical comedy act or something. I don't know what I'm saying, but I think yeah. No, I think I think this idea of here are like the three examples I deal with the most as like a teacher. Uh one, someone with a great voice and a great musician who at the end of the day, being seen as a great musician is prime primary. And then okay. it's yeah. dancers. Like uh-huh. Like dancers who know they can move really well, finding a way for them to fail at dancing, you know, like even if it's that they have done such a good job up to a point that it's unsustainable, that still is like death by a thousand cuts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's really attractive people. And you, you, you know exactly oh, yeah. what I'm talking about. Where oh, you're like, I've yes, got a great idea. I'm a lifeguard. And I'm like, you just look fucking great. <laughs> like you just yeah. look great you know you're in great yeah. and by the way like you're in great shape i'm in great shape jim's working on it um sorry jim so they can they're going to see this if we uh, if we post something online you know um i know and i should sit up <laughs> <laughs> but anyway like i definitely do stuff where like i want to use my my physicality you know what i mean like yeah, the, that if i'm the the security guard or the bomber it's like yeah. i understand how i present as like kind of a like a bigger guy, like a muscular guy, but mm-hmm. I'm always like, I've got to be foolish. Like I mm-hmm. can't just be that. I, you know, who's really good at this is a uh, Courtney Peroso who's mm-hmm. yes. gorgeous. And yet anytime there's a moment on stage where you start to get kind of pulled into like, what a beautiful per like something gross is I guarantee you <laughs> something gross, <laughs> humiliating. Like there's net, there's no stretch where yeah. it doesn't twist, but I always see it where it's like, look, I get it. Like it feels nice to be admired, but this is comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I I agree. And I think if 
if you like i i i agree same with singing i mean because a lot of people ask me it's like well i want to do musical comedy but i'm not the most sure about my voice i'm like that is literally kind of low on the priority of things when it comes to a musical comedy song just make the words and your performance funny yeah i think that's number one well you know i think one of uh if I was to give Jim a rare compliment. Oh boy. Um, one of the things that makes him successful and also an audience favorite is he never tries to make the song funny. Like, you know, he's really coming in and sometimes he just, you know, he's making impulsive decisions and like the song's never bad. Well, once in a while, your, your equipment will betray you, but you're never, there's never a moment on stage when um, Jim is like, scoring whether it's a silent clown set or stand up and clown or clown zoo where you're like this musician is trying to add to the humor of this piece yeah you know and it's like by the way that's rare that's a rare thing because it's hard not to want to get in on get in on the fun you know absolutely yeah thanks And and then when jim does like make a terrible choice how fun is it to be implicated? Right. Like, it's like, that song's totally wrong for this because it's like, you know, he wanted it to be, I mean, (laughs) do you ever have a moment on stage where you have a temptation to sort of like, wouldn't it be really funny? And like, you have to like kind of deny yourself that, or what is your thought process? Like when you're getting like prompt after prompt to create different types of music and uh, an atmosphere. Was that directed to me? Oh, Jesus. Damn. No, I, I just, I, I honestly, I heard the whole question, but I, I didn't know if you were asking. Yeah, yeah, Dylan no, I was, I was just asking. I don't know if I've ever asked you. Like, the, the question is, are there moments where you're like, this would be the funny choice, but sure. I'm going to go with. Yeah. Does you know, that happen? Um, no, and I was listening. I, I just didn't hear you say, Jim. Um, and, and also this never, ever happens that you ask me such an insightful question and seem like you actually want a real answer. Oh, so boy. I'm I'm completely <laughs> disarmed and confused. Forgive me. Um, to answer the question, I, you know, Katie, my my lady, my life partner, took from Ayator back in the day and really came home with this idea of clowns are at their best when they're trying to do whatever the activity is to the best of their ability. So. I always try to the best of my ability to pull off whatever I'm going to pull off. And fortunately for me, it's like I found this arena where my, my actual just natural failure to do that is celebrated. Yeah. And I guess, and was it, was that hard at first sort of like sort of, or did immediately the laugh feel good or did like, you know, just talking about this thing, I get to detach a little bit from it because I'm a, I'm a drummer by trade as a musician. If I was going to play in a band, I'd play drums. So being on the keyboard in the first place is already like, I feel even within myself, I give myself that forgiveness that I'm kind of winging it as it is. And so I get to be pleasantly surprised if I pull off something, it's like, whoa, that's pretty cool. And I'm not too attached to it being brilliant. And so it's like, when it is great, you know, worst case, something's beautiful and best case something's funny because I fall short. Now, Dylan, just to kind of piggyback on that, 
do you ever put yourself in a situation where you sing in a style or try to create music that isn't where you are most comfortable to see if the comedy will come from that? I, um, sometimes I think mm, the majority of like the songs in my set are very musical theater. They are. I was going to say, cause if that song exists, I haven't heard it. <laughs> I know. I don't, I think I'm very down to like explore other genres because when I, I've seen other comedy shows and musical comedy shows, and one of my favorite things to see is when there is variety in the genre. That really kind of switches it up and makes it exciting. That's something I definitely do. I think it's actually scarier for me to sing genuinely in front of a crowd. That, to me, is so terrifying. Yeah, there is a protection in the style of musical theater. There, there's a theatricality to it. Yes. Yes. And... When I sing, it is my goal is not I want them to think I'm an amazing singer. I want them to laugh about what about the lyrics I'm saying. So when that becomes I, I feel way more comfortable singing when that is the priority as opposed to the priority being I hope they think I'm a good singer. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever considered I would love to see you like try to do like some like a Tom Waits, Lou Reed, like, like a really like <laughs> oh, dark, yeah. like, yeah, you know what I, I mean? Just like a dark, cause you're so full of joy in the best way. But like, I would just be so curious, like for you to do something that's like, this is just my dark, this is my, my kiss solo album. Like, this is like, this is all the stuff I've been holding back. Cause I know what you want from me, America, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've said that sentence before. <laughs> um, yeah, no, to do like a low, lower energy rock, like right, with just tragic, like a yeah. like Johnny Cash, like just like doing Nine Inch Nails yeah. type, like you know, like because um, I try to challenge, like the bit I'm doing right now, this canceled comic. One of the things I added to it early was I'm like I'm gonna move really slow because I feel uh-huh. very comfortable moving, and I feel very. Yeah balanced and like i'm a good dancer and i'm like what if i just the idea is this is like a 75 year old man Uh and so i have to get and the way this came about was because i do a sunburn bit where i cover myself with like a fake sunburn and i had to move really (laughs) slow and i got all these good laughs and the whole time i'm doing it inside i'm just like run like it's just like dance oh yeah, yeah 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 i feel that laugh and i just want to go boom you know, and but I'm you can't. 100% same. Yeah, I'm just right. You feel it and you're like, oh, okay. I'm, and in a way, it's very clown. It's like, you're going to give me all that energy. I'm going to give it back. And mm-hmm. to sort of not be able to do that and have to continue to move like every movement is agonizing. So, <laughs> yeah. So it really stuck with me that like, oh, I'm getting these laughs and I am inside desperate to show them what I can do. I'm desperate, but, but like, I know I can't. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to, do this, but not like, obviously when they see the sunburn, they know they're like, well, that's why this is happening. But to sort of commit to that slowness yeah. and like a joke, if it's failing, you still have 20 seconds left, like a physical joke. You're like, it's not over. I got to get back. Like, it's not like I can move quickly into the next transition. I'm not yeah. done this joke. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, I had this in my notes. You did something that went super viral and I was curious about, your reaction to the response. So the backflip, you know, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Could you walk yeah. our audience through what this is and, uh, and then, and, and the immediate massive response to it? Yes. 
So the backflip, I was, this was a part of the sketch crew that was a part of Stableview. We went to um, Universal Studios for a day and just wanted to film some fun videos, fun sketches we'd written the, the day before. Um, and there was one thing I was like, oh, like, what if like there, I thought of in the moment, I'm like, oh, there's this like this kind of Harry Potter thing carrying out. What if there was like this kind of like bitter kind of um, gay um dancer who's like oh my god i could i could do this and you know does a back does a backflip to show them and so we were gathered around there's about like maybe 10 people watching and i asked them to get the shot they got the shot um and then um we posted i posted it online and we thought of the caption like it's like oh um i was rejected as a dancer from universal studios so i went to their first rehearsal i went to their first performance and so I was like, oh, that's kind of a funny caption. This is like funny character. And so we post it. It starts within my group of friends and people who know me. They're like, oh, this is funny, funny character. Retweet, retweet. Within the first 30 minutes, people start to be like, this is so disrespectful. How I can't believe that you'd go after you got rejected. Why would you do this? <laughs> You're such a sore loser. <laughs> and then... Like throughout the hour, there were so many people who were pissed at me that I would do this, that I would go after being rejected, that took it at face value. They thought I really auditioned to be a dancer and tried yeah, to come back. Jim, hundreds of con- like I, I, because I was following it, and, I, and when I saw it, I had the same reaction, which was, "This is such, like, you know, normally like I'm, I'm hit or miss with like." just interacting with like general public stuff. But I was like, yeah. this is a grand slam. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's this, it's, it's so fast. And it's just a little moment. Everyone's going to talk about it. Who saw it for real. And then we get to, I was like, this is, but then I see it starting to go wild. And Jim, I'm talking hundreds of like those, just because you're not good enough. Yeah. Like, like really like nasty. nasty. Like, like, I like, the video itself ended up having 14 million views. Wow. Like, 60 i looked at the tweet analytic like 60 million people saw it it was just completely and i had all these dms of like faggot 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 clown faggot 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 clown i'm like i am a gay comic and i love clown so you're you're just saying what i am thank you but it was insane it was crazy i would walk around my neighborhood and i remember i was like this guy took a video of me i was like oh my god (laughs) Um, so that it was, it was funny. Also, I thought, it did was, you enjoy I, the experience? Like, cause it's one of those things where I do feel like having seen you live. And like I said, I do think you and I, we cross over a lot in terms of what we want from an audience. It's like, I've never seen it. Like, we're not Andy Kaufman's you and I, like, yeah, we're not going out there. And the audience is like, it, was this on purpose? Did, did they really met? Like, we love the audience to be like, oh no, they're committing to this thing. Yeah, we're all in yes. on it. And yeah. And so like and here's a case where now you are in this Kaufman territory of like, yeah, the majority, I would say, at least a no, vocal way folks. more than the majority truly yeah. thought it was and like they hate they despised me and they thought it was for real. <laughs> well, and, and what do you like? So there's that thing that happens. And this is what I'm curious about. It's like this is like viral viral because you know like now there's like you know you can be a little viral but this is like like you said 60 million people and i i think there is a part of the population that's just like i want to get 60 million people to look at anything again 
And then mm. there's a part of us that's like, well, I want 60 million people to watch something that we are all on the same page. <laughs> Why yes. this is funny. 100%. 100%. Um, I know there was like, because my, that was also never, that was not my intent with the video. I also didn't think it would be, I didn't think it would also, this like, so I, that, I also didn't think it would also get that big to also too. I was like, oh, we'll see. Um, but for me, it was like kind of, you know, it was a mix of, I was also, I was laughing at the ridiculousness of the situation that it was so, it got so big and so crazy, but it was also overwhelming because I'd never like had something like that happen before. And I didn't want to, I like, I could like, didn't want to look away from my phone because I'm like, oh right. my God. I, so, yeah. And I, I don't think I've really, like you said, that was with a sketch group that was early on. Yeah. And it certainly hasn't been a direction you've gone since, um, yeah. you know, in terms of like those kind of moments. But it is interesting because it's, I remember, um, I'm, I think she's Chelsea Randolph now. I'm trying to remember her name before she got married. But my friend Chelsea, very early in the TikTok days, um, um, she was in Italy and there was like um, a chocolate fountain. Uh-huh. And Steve, her husband, Steve, is a buddy of mine. They're both great. They're both great yeah. comics. Um, she just kind of put her head under the chocolate fountain and she drank from it. And an Italian woman immediately is like, no, 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 no. Because like, that's all being reset. Like, yeah, again, this innocent, just a bad, a bad choice being made uh -huh. Uh -huh. in the moment. And they put it up on, and this thing, before she knows it, she has like a half million TikTok followers, all haters. <laughs> oh, no. All like this American monster comes wow. into another country and it's like uh, it like your video it's too it's just like she just yeah. does it and the woman's like no 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 no. it's like you wouldn't even think twice about it yeah and for her it was also like well fuck this like i like this is not i'm not interested in being famous for being reviled for something that was yeah just, you know. yeah i know it's also not something i personally I'm interested in also like that kind of video and that kind of caption too. I, it wasn't like the kind of, it was like, I was, I was kind of like, there were comics or no, no, there were, there were like people who I've seen make like that kind of, and I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll try to, yeah. and you know, I think that's a gamble with that one. And that's not the kind of response I want to do. That's not the work. That's not the kind of thing that also excites, excites me as much yeah yeah it's so important and i think it's so hard in a time where like how many followers you have it's like so important to remember this work it's so hard to even pay our bills mm -hmm. that like if you're not loving what you're doing if you're yeah. getting further and further away for some like imaginary threshold or result yeah like, you want, you're just gonna you'll lose the joy entirely 100 um, so, percent only two more things. Uh, Dylan, one, it's been wonderful having you here. I've always wanted to have a real conversation. We've, we've talked, but like, because yeah. um, I'm a fan, but I do have two more questions. Uh, and one is very important. That's the second one. This one, not so much. Okay. Do you have any advice um, for people who are like trying to kind of create work, you know, kind of intermix in this world of variety and stand up? They want to do it on their own terms. Are there yeah. things that you're seeing that you're like, 
you don't like that's not the way to get there or are there things particularly for you but that you were like these were the te- the things that i grabbed onto yeah exactly i think that the guiding force and factor for me that has been the most helpful personally is to lead with doing and talking about what you find most interesting and hilarious. What genuinely makes you, what genuinely makes you most excited and, you know, wanting to get on stage and do it and share this, that is what you lead with, whether it be whatever genre it of it may be, I think 100% lead with that because, you know, I don't think uh, it's, you know, I don't think you have to make a hard decision of like, I'm only going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to do this. I think whatever you lead with, make sure it is incredibly fun and genuinely exciting and funny to you. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's so interesting because coming from a screenwriting career, I don't know if you were ever in this situation, Jim, with your composing career, but I certainly lost my way. Like I started working on all things that I thought would be like the movies I really wanted to see. And at some point it became the movies I thought someone would pay to get made. Like very much as like, well, what ideas will actually get produced? And it it took years for me to, to break me down. Like I did this for 15 years. It took years for me to get to this point where I'm like, it's a toy from Argentina. Yeah, I, I'll I'll write a movie about that. Like, just you know, just like I think they might make that. So and so's interested in being in it. Okay, so, like just like it has to be something that you're like, this is tickles me. Yeah, and and then I'd say if you want to be on this alternate side of things, if you want to take risks, um, just know that, and this is kind of looping back to something we talked about earlier. When you take that stage with your idea you're not a stand-up anymore. You're like someone who's being watched in a different way and you can acknowledge failure. You can find joy in the fact that the idea is going poorly. You cannot quit. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like stand-up. You can't just look at your thing and go, well, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to just do like, you can look at that audience and go, Oh, this is going bad. But like they want, you're going to have to fight and claw the whole time you're up there. Because otherwise it's, it's much worse death on stage when you're in the middle of a really fucking dumb thing. Like, so (laughs) no one's saying you have to ignore, you can absolutely look at that audience like, okay, guys, we're in this and like, and have a moment of complicite with this audience of like, we're doing it. We're going to figure it out. I'm going to make adjustments. You cannot quit and be like, oh, you guys don't get me. You guys don't understand. Or like, you're not here for fun. You can't be defensive. I mean, I would imagine when you bomb, at the very least, like, because you are a sore loser, I can tell now as we talk, <laughs> but you're playful. Like, you're like, oh, okay, like, like you're yes. like, I'm in this game. I'm just trying to win this game. Like, yes, yes. And that's great. Once I can tell the audience doesn't like me, I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to make you dislike me even more. <laughs> and I like, make it yeah and i sometimes there's like a little like kind of demonic like kind of fun i have with it where i'm like oh you don't like that i don't know so yeah exactly like you have to you can play the new energy but you can't just be like all right okay like i guess we'll just sit this out together 
It's yes. like, no, 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 no. You've, you've made a big swing and now play through. Yes. Play through. Yes. Absolutely. All right, Dylan, this is the, uh, I should I should have mentioned this earlier, but you, since you're new to clown and you're new to this podcast, yeah, I'm going to ask you a question in a moment. The question is going to be, "What is clown?" If you answer this question perfectly, if it's an answer that any of us could take and tell our family and friends, or just uh-huh. a stranger at a dinner party, and it comprehensively explains the art form, this podcast will be over because that's the whole purpose of it is to explain this work. So if you give uh-huh. us a perfect answer. The podcast ends. We all go. I'll never see Jim again. We're done. Uh, we're done. We've been dying for this to happen. Okay. <laughs> Do us a favor. Um, but if you if you fail, and and I I know you're a sore loser. I know you're going to try to win. If you yeah. fail, we will live to pod another day. So okay. here we go. Dylan Adler, what is clown? Um, clown is being. Clown is being completely truthful and stupid in front of an audience. It's pretty actually. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like most people over talk, but it's like you pulled out just at the right time. Yeah. Uh huh. I knew I was uh, gonna fuck well up. Well played. Well, so being truthful and stupid and I mean, he did have the beginning start twice. You know, he said it twice, which that shows a lack of certainty. (laughs) All right. I would also say, um, I just feel like the fact that Dylan doesn't have like one of these nice mics like you and me, because there will be a video (laughs) component. That he's like more like on the Today Show outside. You remember when that? He's like, yeah, he's like a roving (laughs) reporter. He's like, (laughs) so like from just because part of it is how we present. Like, uh, look, it might be it seems like we're being extra hard on you, Dylan, but this is very important to us. This podcast. We don't want want it to end. (laughs) I'm going to give you an A, but not an A plus. I'm going to give you a 98. Just cancellation. Um, Very close one though. Um, And now, as always. Jim has listened intently, Dylan, to you and I, and he's going to do a minute with Jim where I'm going to pull back, give him the full reins of the show, where he's going to kind of hopefully take all the wisdom that we shared and translate it for the lay person. Uh, I yield the floor for a minute with Jim. Hello. Well, so nice to have listened to both you gentlemen talk about um, clown and comedy. I can particularly relate to you, Dylan, with your musical component. And also I can tell we both kind of have found this place where we can bring out our musical clown as well as maybe dare I say our musician too in a safe space and allow Mm -hmm. that musician to kind of run free. That's one of my takeaways. I love that you bring this work to a video component. As Chad has mentioned, I have many cameras except that one needs a white balance or a yeah that (laughs) one's got issues anyway let me go back to this one um and yes i i i love i love working in the clown with the video component and you've kind of inspired me to like push into that more and i very much admire that you've had these viral videos and did you take any of the responses personally or were you detached from it enough say in the case of the dancer who was rejected were you detached enough like well that's not i was playing a character so i can't you know i think through the years i've become way more detached and it it just i was mostly like kind of thinking it was funny and like trying to find like the 
finding the humor in the entire situ- equation and situation of the of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, well done. Really enjoyed it. That's all I have to say. Back to you, Chad. All right, Jim. Again, I'm just gonna not not to nitpick, but for next podcast, again, you're supposed to take all the wisdom and sort of you know distill it. So that's just a just a note, just a note uh, in front of your peers. <laughs> Noted. Uh, uh, Dylan, thank you so much. I'm so glad we got to make this work finally. And uh, I look, uh, forward to, you'll be back in LA soon, yeah? I'll be back in LA mid July. Mid July. So we'll definitely have you back. This I would love to have you back this fall on stage, like. I think I mentioned to you, I want to pair you with Atsuko because... <gasps> I would love that. Atsuko had one of the worst... Atsuko is a top five worst person. <laughs> and so I want to do a show, I don't know if I mentioned to you, Jim, where we take all-stars and put them with washouts. <laughs> and see if we can redeem nice. their reputation. So that's something I've not talked to Atsuko about, but like I was like, Dylan Atsuko, that's a, a dream team that I'd like to see someone get some redemption. I love to do that. Um, folks, uh, like and subscribe. Uh, we thank you so much. Um, we've seen our numbers going up. Um, please spread the word about Clown, about this podcast. Um, and if you go to the episode notes, we will have uh, links to uh, Dylan's socials and some other things that Dylan is up to right now, along with Jim and I. But until we speak again, my friends, keep on clowning. That's the uh, tag out, Dylan. Keep on clowning. I love it. I love yeah, it's it. Simple. It's like your answer to the clown question yes simple and elegant yes this was so much fun thank you guys for having me it's fun to get to talk about just like creating work right and like you know in a way where it's just like kind of because i always come out of these personally with a few like moments of even things i said where i'm like oh is that what i think you know it's kind of nice i know it was i love it's one of my favorite things to talk about the creative yourself yes oh myself yes me too me too i think we all clearly (laughs) like to talk about ourselves yeah (laughs) um jim leave all that in leave all that in and and, uh that's just good it was a real it's an honest moment and but this is now the for real end of the podcast whenever you're ready jim say your line and we'll get out of here good night everybody (laughs) 